0: Welcome to episode 39 of Reeducating Dad, a cross-generation discussion where this old fart gets schooled by my youngers and betters. Yeah, right. My name is Tony Coe, Big Tone, and I'm joined today as ever by my co-host, that's spelled C-O-E, and daughter, Tony Coe Brooker. Together, we examine important issues of our time from our opposite ends of the generational Spectrum. Hello, little tone. Hello. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Today's a good day.
0: That's good to hear. Well, for for the world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get on to why it's a good day for the world today in just a few moments. We are often aided and abetted in our endeavour by our regular guest, uh, my grandson Ben. How are you today, Ben? Good,
2: thank thank you. Yeah. Woke up on time today. Unusual. So I should be right right and rejuvenated for this podcast.
0: I can't believe it's unusual for you to get up on time. <laughs> that surely isn't a teenage trait, is it? Lying in bed until noon? Oh oh not noon.
2: Not noon. It, it, we're talking
0: we're talking
2: Sorry, like nine o'clock. <laughs> 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 no no no. Not that bad just considering I just forget I have school in the morning when we're all stuck at home. It, it's quite strange, considering that I st- you still have to be up the same time as you would if I was going to my college.
0: Yeah, we do live in a very strange time, don't we? So, Little Tone and I started this podcast when all this horror unfolded originally, when we went into lockdown, the first national lockdown back in March. Life has changed a lot for me since then. I know it's changed a lot for you two. And uh, I was... This this Monday, uh, we are now Wednesday, so two days ago, was Blue Monday, right, Little Tone? Why don't you explain yep. what that is? Yeah. Why that's Blue Monday?
1: Um, well, it's just been... Um I don't know. It's just been said to be the most depressing day of the year. I guess because it's in January and because it's the third Monday is normally when people still haven't been paid yet. Uh, and it's the start of a week. It's just a sort of depressing time.
0: Because <laughs> I woke up on that day feeling, re- I think I, t- I shared that with you, little Tone, I was feeling really, really flat that day and actually... You know i don't normally use the term depressed but i if I'm honest, I think I was actually feeling quite depressed that day and i had didn't even know anything about it until um I was told that that this blue Monday concept even existed, so that was kind of kind of weird uh, but I'd just like to find out from you too now that we are you know in the is it the third lockdown now I can't I've lost count but uh, I'd just like to find out from your different from our different perspectives, being that you know i 'm in my mid sixties and Tone's in her thirties and and ben has literally just entered adulthood having just turned eighteen, how you feel about where we are now this whole situation why don't we why don't we start with you ben um,
2: yeah i'm uh just quietly waiting for um uh, for the middle of, of the summer of this this year, because I've I've written off my um my college career. <laughs> I think I I think it's going to be very doubtful that we will return for any significant amount of time at college. Um, so I'm just waiting waiting for uh, when I go to waiting for when I go to uni, um, and I I'm hopeful that by then uh most of us have been most most people have been vaccinated because i think the, the vaccinations from what i've read are going according to the projections um so i'm quietly hope hopeful
0: i think and you've got a you are you um allowed to talk about the acceptance you've received
2: um i don't see why not um yeah i was a i got an offer from my first choice university uh Last week, uh Cardiff um for law and politics. So um, I'm really excited for that because that was really uh the one place that I've I fell in love with when I was researching my um
0: my little my little
2: research because obviously unlike other years you can't go to the places. <laughs> I couldn't go to <laughs> go to the universities and see them. So you just have to sort of look online and get the best um opinion of it with that and I still I still fell in love with the place, so I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully as long as I fingers crossed with the grades that I get in.
0: Well you, you come across as very positive, so you're not you're not sort of feeling depressed about this situation. You feel sort of taking it in stride? Um no, there are obviously there there are
2: there are tougher days tougher days than others. Um I just how do I say this? Um I'm just looking forward to the to the future, so I'm just not getting caught up on the on the now because the now situation is is rubbish. But <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I have uh, well, touch wood, a lot of years um, of my life in front of me, so I, I'm not feeling too.
0: Now you are uh, depressing me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm so I'm not worrying about my life forever being changed because i think that in in a while i won't even i'll barely remember this is is so i'm just keeping perspective in order to not get too upset i think
0: that's great what about you little Tone?
1: um yeah, i'm feeling a bit low at the moment i think um i've still got some lingering covid symptoms going on which is annoying but also just not really seeing a light at the end of the tunnel for the music industry at the moment. It's pretty bleak.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's
1: in their, their second round of cultural recovery funding. And without that, I just, I just don't see how I'll have a job basically.
0: Yeah, that is, um, I mean that particularly your industry, music industry. I mean, I was a few weeks ago, I was listening to Andrew Lloyd Webber talking about how he was, you know, he was excited about launching—is it Cinderella? I think he's got c- coming out, um, and re- you know, other reviving other shows like Phantom and so on. And he was he was reckoning that that they would start in May. I think he said that's no chance, is there?
1: Well, I think it's different with theatre because I think that they. Um, have quite a clear structure to work with. You know, all the seats are laid out, and you can do socially distanced shows. I don't think that financially it will be amazing, but they could, with some assistance from the government, go ahead. But I think the problem is with um, a live gig, especially in in a you know in a when you're supposed to be like standing next to each other. There's just it's just the worst environment to get sick. You know, even
0: he was saying um, that. Even he was saying that in the musical theatre, it doesn't the model doesn't work. You know, yeah, there's...
2: I I have to say that mm. I can't say too much, but I wh- I work in a uh, my job is in a theatre, and um, it's uh, it's hard it, it's hard to make it um, economically viable. I th- I believe. Um,
0: yeah,
1: with, I guess with... and even even on the stage as well with them singing and stuff, and normally they're singing arm in arm, and mm. that just can't happen. You know, it might it might be okay for like you know shows where it's a one. It might be okay for like *Women in Black* or you know, we saw. Um, uh, was it Denise Van Outen who did a who did yes. a one woman show? Yeah. So, so I mean, maybe for stuff like that. that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or for like you know, for um, serious theatre where there's it's not you know more um, not as much singing and you know full band and stuff like that. It might be possible to pilot some shows, but yeah, like Ben said, it's not going to be financially viable. So I don't know. I just think that there's only so long that the government are going to be able to financially support these companies through and i just feel like it feels like now is a time where they're going to have to start making some tough decisions
0: yeah it's difficult to see how they can keep um doling out the money indefinitely difficult to see how that's Mm. that's going to work you know eventually that is going to give rise to something unpleasant like you know inflation on a on a big scale so you know I I just shudder to think what that might lead to um so coming to my perspective sort of mid-60s retirement sort of era um I feel very lucky uh and um you know because I've obviously I'm sort of at the other end of the work spectrum as well as the other end of the age and life spectrum um and it the good thing that it did for us, my wife and me, Kiki and me, was to really force us. When when we when all this happened, it really forced us into doing something that we, in, we intended to do much later. And I think we probably would have ended up either never doing, or we would have done it probably a bit too late. Which is which is moving uh, moving out of Lon- out of central London, into the country. It really speared us. We decided, right, this is it. This is not the time to be in a big city. We have to make a move. So we just got on with it. We and um, found a house. It's now in the paper. To, you know, we found a house in in a very rural part of the Cotswolds, and um, it's it's in the paper papers today that there is a very big uptick in people wanting to do that. You know, to the Cotswolds specifically, which is interesting. Uh, so we did that our timing on that was 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 pretty good so i'm feeling very lucky about that obviously it's really you know it is horrible not being able to see family you know give your children a hug give your grandchildren a hug that sort of thing is just horrible Mm. um but it could be worse you know yeah that that's the thing i think it's always important it goes back to my keeping
2: perspective thing is that there are a lot there are people a lot more uh unfortunate with this situation than i am and so while it may be upset i think it's i think i try not to get caught up on my own personal problems because i just see so so much suffering elsewhere i think with regards to the situation
0: so how do you how do you both feel about um the poss- whether people should be forced to take vaccines or, or failing I think that most people say that that isn't it just isn't really viable and not desirable, um, particularly in a democracy. Uh, so the likelihood, it seems to me, that there will be some kind of vaccine sort of certification or passport that you will need in order to be able, to, for instance, as Lil Tone said, going into you know, a musical theater or 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 a musical event you shouldn't people be required to show that they have been vaccinated what do you what do you what do you think then um
2: yeah i think that um you yeah there should be some requirement of vaccination um to get into places but i think the wider problem is um if you if you can't make and I don't agree with the fact that vaccines should be made mandatory, I think you have to um, have a real push for education on the vaccines and what they really are and what they do, because that way you can encourage people to to take the vaccines without for- forcing their hand, essentially. And, and it's all about just getting enough people vaccinated that people who aren't vaccinated or cannot get vaccinated um, don't suffer. So, so I think education about the vaccine is the most important aspect that, we, that should be put into action.
0: What do you think, Lil Tone? Well, yeah, I don't think
1: you can force people to take the vaccine, but I am seeing a huge surge in um, kind of like anti-vaxxer propaganda coming up all the time. Um, so that, that even spiraled me out a couple of days ago. I um, kept receiving emails about it. You know, the vaccine changing your DNA. And how that it can like affect your nervous system and stuff like that, uh, but I just went to fullfact.org and just um asked some questions about it and and that that sort of like made me feel a lot better. It was quite reassuring. Um, I don't see how the events industry can go forward without people providing proof of the vaccine because it's just too much responsibility, not just on the venue or on the sorry on the space, but also uh, on, on the customer to be completely honest and I think that people are always going to be quite opportunist you know they're always going to try and bend the rules to to um do what they want to do because that's you know we've, we've brought up an independent generation um or in it we're an independent country um so I think that we have to prove that people are vaccinated before they're able to mix again in one space I just can't see how we could not do that
0: and um, uh, yeah, and and also uh, from the point of view of these businesses getting back off the ground, they need to be able to give their potential customers, their potential attendees, the confidence to come. Um, mm. So it can't be
1: grey, can it? There can't be any grey area. It has to be black and white. I think. No. I, when I, it comes I, to people's health, you know, we're not. We don't ever. There's never a grey area when we're talking about. Um, safety and this is this is to do with safety so yeah i think um i think the other reason why it feels like quite a depressing time right now is because we're just about to have we're just about to peak with the deaths aren't we of covid deaths so
0: yeah i, I think, think today was the highest that. today was the most deaths ever so it's it was like 18 1800 deaths or so 1860 something like that today but the infections seem to be going down which is the way it should be really that so it's looking like the lockdown's working
1: yeah but what i what my point is is that if if we're a country that's feeling a lot of grief at the moment so i think that generally people are feeling depressed i actually have had to stop watching the news pretty much completely because it's making me so anxious um even just you hearing you give a death figure because i still have these like lingering covid Symptoms. I, I, like for instance, I've, I've had to go back on antibiotics because my um, lungs feel tight again. Um, it is it, not, it's not aiding my recovery. And, and I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just trying to say that I think actually, for anyone listening, sometimes you just have to switch off the news. You have to switch off social media and just look after yourself because everyone is just having a bit of a mental breakdown right now, and it's yeah. evident yeah. on social media. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I will say. Uh, I meant when we we had the uh, podcast a while back about um, cutting myself off from social media, but I, I I failed to mention that at the same time that I cut myself off from social media, I also cut myself off from all the news. Um, that was that was actually harder than the social media too, because I like to stay up to date and with, for the podcast and everything. But I think it it did have a. a significant improvement on my social, on my mental health uh, removal of the news and, and social media, obviously, but, but yeah. Yeah, I
1: feel, I feel that and I think that I, I'm just trying to really advocate for people doing that right now if they need to because I don't think that turning on the news and hearing the death figures and hearing this and hearing that every day is actually helping and, and even to the point where all of my friends are essentially shouting at each other on social media, you know, You know, whether it's about anti-vaxxers or about bending the rules or it's about politics or anything like that, that there's just so little kindness happening right now. And it's, I think it's quite an ugly place to exist at the moment. So I really, yeah, I really advocate for people taking a break from the news and from social media if it's helping in mental health, especially through January.
0: It sounds like you two are ready for a change of gear. So I'm going to give yes, you a,
1: please <laughs> give you a change
0: of gear. So today's a, a positive day. Last last w- um, week in episode 38, we discussed whether President Trump should be impeached. There's been a bit of movement since then, and he is in the process of being impeached. But today uh, is a big day in, in uh, the United States because their new president, the 46th President of the United States, Joe Biden is being in fact I think has in the last few minutes um together with his um his running mate and vice president remind me of her name someone
1: Kamala Harris woo
0: Kamala Harris uh they have been um, sworn in uh so that's a great thing we also had the um uh the spectacle of uh, Trump sort of uh, going off um, over the horizon. Um, what a sore loser that guy is. I mean, he was being so ungracious in his... <laughs> you know, Pathetic, isn't handover it? ...handover of power or failure at any handover at all. Yeah, you were going to say, it's, Ben.
2: It's genuinely the um, like what you do as a five-year-old when you lost a game. You cheated, <laughs> you
0: cheated, you cheated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, Good I'm one. taking a leaf out of that book. Yeah, good one, good one, I like that um, oh, last apparently, about- um, Go ahead, go ahead
1: Apparently go ahead. he has uh, I mean normally when an inauguration Happens, the old president Would welcome the new president in And obviously he's refused to do that But he, apparently he has written a letter To Biden, which is another tradition That the past president Passed you know, pass a letter to the new president But I, I would love to know what the contents are <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> dear joe biden go bleep yourself
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yours lovingly left- the Donald. um the donalds <laughs> so i left um,
1: a turd in your bed
0: <laughs> yeah so after our last um you know impeachment uh Episode, uh, which if you haven't, dear listener, checked if they have heard that. Go back and listen to it. After that, uh, you know there were there were some uh, some of our listeners were saying how well our listeners from America were saying how you um, know how down they felt and how ashamed of their country they felt. So I think they can feel very proud today. That democr- as Joe Biden has said in his speech, uh, you know, democracy has prevailed, um, and that's the way. <laughs> The way I
1: sorry
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was great i'm mean, hearing uh lady gaga um sing um response. yeah it was really moving yeah very very moving so that was, that was that was great i look forward to listening to the rest of it because like, we had to start this uh this recording so i wasn't able to see the whole thing um, and even
1: more um even more so to hear jay lo who's uh you know um hispanic you know she she did a a part of her song um in Spanish, while well, she spoke Spanish, and that was really moving because there's been so much division caused um by Donald Trump and his campaign and and I feel like today was a real um emotional day for unity in America and for accepting of different cultures and languages and races. yeah, I think that it's just um a beautiful thing really and I'm sure that that's never happened in history before that someone has. Uh, said something in a different language uh, in an inauguration.
0: Yeah, well, whichever viewpoint you're from, um, to our listeners in the United States, because we do have a lot of listeners in the United States, uh, from across the pond, we wish you well. Uh, We hope that uh, that this helps, that your country will heal, your differences will heal, and uh, let's look for a brighter future. So I'm going to come now to the main topic I wanted to um, discuss with you both today because it's something I've been thinking about quite a lot um, and uh, it'll be a particular interest I know it'll interest little tone but it'll be a particular interest also to Ben because you, you are um, thinking of going into the law or studying it at least um, and that is whether our access to justice uh, should be Free, like it is like our access to uh, medicine via the NHS, by the National Health Service, is free. Uh, should access to justice be free? Do you want to start us off on this little tone?
1: Um, well, yes, I do think it, access to justice should be free. Um, I don't really know what to say. I think that everyone has a right to um, counsel. And you know, I don't. I think that we've got to look at. We've got to look for a way to prevent austerity from um, equaling power, and that's a that's a really big problem at the moment.
0: Okay, well, that was a nice summary. What do you think, Ben? I'm fascinated to hear what you think about this, um, especially since if you, if you go into the law, you're, it <laughs> might affect your wallet. <laughs> oh
2: well, I like to think that my morals will. will rise above my uh my wallet. <laughs> but um <laughs> the 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 short uh answer is that yes I think that um that they should it should be made uh made free and um and but I would undercut that with if the financial ramifications of that might be uh too extreme at this point that there needs to be serious reform in uh the legal aid um like uh, in legal aid because I was reading on it before this podcast and I was shocked at the things that you aren't given, uh, legal aid for such as, uh, so in the civil courts, uh, in order to get legal aid, you have to, you have to first prove that you're, um, you cannot afford it. Essentially. You also have to prove that it's serious enough and the list of, and some of the things on the list of, um, areas that aren't serious enough are appalling, like child abduction. So if your child, if you're poor and your child is abducted, fat chance of getting any support from the government <laughs> for of, to, because they just, what? yeah. Um, another area was, um, was mental health. Um, any, uh, any cases regarding mental health you won't receive any support for. And let me just see the last one, uh, children in care. So if you're trying, if you're
0: a mother or a father
2: and you can't, um, and you're trying to get see more of your children. Essentially, you won't re- you will not receive any financial support for winning a case to try and see more of your children. Essentially, and that just that that appalled me. I think I I can't believe that those areas were you just received well, no help.
0: Those are actually a lot of those. Are, I mean, there has been. I don't know if you picked this up in your research, Ben, but uh, that that there has been a big rollback in legal aid um, mm. in recent years. Uh, yeah. which has led to many of the denial the the the, the um aspects the aspects that are denied um and that has i th- i suppose heightened my um feeling that that we need to do something about this because it, it just doesn't seem right to me um that uh, whether you the outcome of a case really should be determined by the wallet of mm. um part one of one or, one, or well, one of the parties i suppose and i you know there are many sort of examples but i've certainly seen it in action over and over and over again um i was particularly impacted in the united you know of course in the united states you don't even get free access to health really i mean you know they you know that's a sort of big topic over there of course um, yeah you can be
1: um you can be uh bankrupted if you get cancer <laughs> you
0: know? yes, fact, like, if I, you... I spent some time in, in, in Arizona and actually um a couple of uh friends um women friends invited uh, uh me and my father over to their home in arizona um, and uh i think it was for thank yeah it was for thanksgiving it must be the first Thanksgiving meal i'd ever attended. Many years ago, and they had bought their house cheap, really cheap because they bought it out of foreclosure from a hospital and and apparently I was told i don't know if this is correct, but I was told that um, the biggest the biggest um, foreclosing people, if you like, are not are not lenders but are actually medical institutions like hospitals. Recovering on their feet, you know, recovering their charges by knocking, kicking people out of their homes. I mean, how can that be right? Uh, we're not talking about that, of course. We're talking, but the same thing applies. Um, people lose legal costs in the United States are phenomenal. I mean, they're high in the they're high in the UK, but they are absolutely phenomenal in uh, in in the US. Um, and you
1: can't you can't um, completely screw someone over in the UK. I mean, obviously you can you can go after someone for lots of different things and you know wrap them up in, in, in a case and stuff like that. But our law over here, as I understand it, protects protects people from. What well, 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 we've spoken about it before It's slap law in the in the USA. Um, yep. In some states, it's more. Um, what's the word, Dad. more effective in some states?
0: Yeah, so um, a slap suit is a, is a strategic lawsuit against participation, and basically the, 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 the uh, entity party that is doing the suing is not really so much interested in winning the case and perhaps doesn't even think they have any chance of winning the case, but they bring the case in order to ruin the other person. And I believe that yeah. Donald Trump was one of the, you know, used to sort of deploy this particular kind of strategy um, against, uh, you know, you know, smaller pe- people with smaller pockets than, than, than him. Um, mm. But it's, it is a very well-known strategy. And as a result of that, some states have brought in a sl- an anti-slap law which enables the victim, if you like, uh, d- to make an early application to court, which actually sort of makes it, it, puts the onus upon the claimant to show to the court that there is a, you know, decent case here to answer, and it's not just a, you know, a, an exercise yeah. trying to ruin the other party. Um, but you know, I've had lawyer friends of mine in the UK who've said, let's just look at criminal, because we're talking there probably about civil proceedings, but. Let's look at the criminal law. You know, I, I've had um, lawyer friends in in the uh, in the UK say to me, you know, the, the people that you would get if you you know, if, if if the police are going after you for something, um, and uh, you, you can't afford representation. Okay, in those circumstances, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, you will get legal aid. Um. If
2: you're when if you're being questioned by the police, you'll get legal aid. But I, I don't. I from what I've read, you don't get legal aid in the actual court. Uh, for
0: um, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'd, I I would have to accept what you say on that. I, that's striking. Yeah. That
2: that's that's just from my minimal reading. So that may not okay. be. That's, don't take that as gospel. But that's what what I've read so far.
0: Because I don't know how a, a court could let someone go into face the you know, the Crown Prosecution mm. Service unrepresented. But what my lawyer friends have said to me is they get rubbish representation because obviously the government will pay the lowest possible amount. So, you know, you're only going to get the lowest caliber uh, legal representation. And, and, you know, I mean, that can't be right. And so if we look at, um, if you look uh, going back to the US, I mean, if you look at Sort of the most famous case, probably the biggest trial ever, was the O. J. Simpson case. You know, obviously very wealthy guy. He had the best legal team that money could buy. And he and the evidence against him was just so damning. And he got off. And I think, you know, everyone accepts pretty much, you know, that he was guilty. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's not unlike Trump, is it? But I think, you know, we're still talking about justice in a very privileged society. If you look at the abuse of human rights in the Far East, um, you know, people that are kept in prison for political reasons, you know, because they've been peacefully protesting or because, you know, their husbands accused them them of um, adultery. I mean, there are so many people sat in prison um, having their human rights abused. who should have access to counsel? Who should have access to to defend themselves um, in court? And they don't have that.
0: True. So, I'm not sure, even if in those regimes, whether whether that would even help very much, because they, I mean, they're such a they're such broken systems anyway. So I was really sort of confining this to, you know, proper functioning democracies. Really, I should have said that. Probably is that I'm only really talking about places like where the, where there is a, a properly functioning democracy should you should you should access to justice be free I, this is hardly ever talked about but i you know that i've seen but i think i think it's so important i, mean, I, I don't see why you know you, you should the outcome of a case should, should be dictated by the, the financial power of one party and and in that i include the government because if the police come after you, you know, and you've heard of confirmation bias, right? Both of You, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, the, the police are often gu- guilty of that. They have in their mind, you know, that someone is guilty and they they will make, you know, they, they will they will only go after that one theory. Um, like
1: the Ripper murder, you know, the Ripper series on Netflix at the moment, which is about the Yorkshire Ripper.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen that, but well basically
1: the po- the police or detectives got got something in their mind at the beginning and they held it on for like four years they thought that the ripper was going after prostitutes and they were eliminating all of these other you know attacks from the same person but the, but the women were of good standing so they didn't include them and they basically the language that they used in 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 the case was it was almost like criminalizing the women that had been killed Vi- blaming, because they yeah. were prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, victim blaming, saying, oh, they're, they're prostitutes, they're good time girls, you know, they almost had it coming. Um, yeah. And actually, they realized that it, it wasn't anything to do with prostitutes, it was just women in general, you know, yeah. and then the police wanted to put a curfew on women because they thought that they'd be safer if they're at home rather than putting a curfew on men who were. It was clearly a male that was ki- killing the woman. Anyway, this is—I just meant that there was confirmation bias coming from the ble- police from the get-go that that the that they were all all the victims were prostitutes, you know? you know, and um and also like the Chicago Seven, which is obviously a film that everyone's talking about at the moment, where it was about the judge siding with the police and not actually even allowing a man of color to have counsel, legal counsel, even though he was. Um, uh, uh, sorry, he was um, legally, he had to have counsel there. And one of the other lawyers was saying, I am not this guy's lawyer. You're refusing him counsel, and that is against the law. And the judge was basically condemned. He was, um, what's it called? You are in contempt. Like yes. 13 counts of contempt and stuff. Yeah, that's a good film,
0: the Chicago but, 7. Yeah, I, 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 that, that, I agree with you. I certainly agree with you on that. Um, So it seems like the three of us are, 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 you know, are are agreed, agreed on it. I think that something needs to, something really needs to happen on this. Um, uh, I just just don't think that's right. Um, Anyway, uh, last final word from you, Little Ben. Little Ben. Little Ben. Yeah. Any final word from you on this to um, sum up?
1: By the system, no, I just mean um uh, I hope that we'll continue to progress and evolve and ask questions and protect people that need protecting and congratulations to America um on your new president agreed, and agreed, Vice agreed president and more importantly
2: paper, um, i um yeah glad glad about the um the situation in America, uh, and I also just wanted to say that. Uh, in this lockdown, make sure uh, the listeners to look after your mental health as well as your physical, because the two are just as important as each other.
0: That is such a good thing to say. Hear, hear. Yeah, I hear, hear from here to here, too. Uh, thank you very much, both, <laughs> of, both of you, Little Tone and Ben. Thank you, dear listeners, for sticking with us and uh, for your participation. Please do uh, message us via our uh, Facebook page. Uh, subscribe, like. Share with your friends and family. Watch us on YouTube. Write us an Apple review, uh, or review on Apple podcast if you would, wouldn't mind. And if you like us, and we look forward to coming back to you next week with uh, more interesting discussion from across generational. So it's goodbye from me and goodbye from goodbye my, for me. my co-host Bye for me. and our special guest. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody.